0: This is the Changemaker Forum
1: Podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of the Changemaker Forum Podcast. My name is Jeremy Brown, founder of Startups Give Back, and your host for this episode. In today's episode, Anari Pradhan, founder and executive director of venture joins me to talk about a whole lot of topics, her and I talk about everything from crowdfunding to lessons that she's learned about social entrepreneurship and how an adventure got its start. So we dive into a lot of topics in this episode. So with that being said, buckle up and enjoy the episode. Ari, thank you for joining me for the podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: So before we get into Enventure and what it is and the purpose behind it, what I'd love to do is take a step back and learn more about you as a social entrepreneur. So if you can give me a quick summary of who you are and how you got to the point of creating Enventure, that'd be great.
1: Sure. Um, So I've been working in the energy access sector for over 10 years, um, mostly working in developing countries, uh, working with rural entrepreneurs and helping them to set up their own clean energy ventures, and that's how I, that, that led to the formation of N-Venture, which is basically energy ventures, because people wonder why it's called N-Venture, and uh, um, uh, creating kind of an ecosystem for what I saw as a problem, which is a lack of, um, not only lack of clean energy in developing countries, but also the lack of ecosystem support to build um, enabling environments around this industry.
0: And is the work of adventure mainly focused in Uganda? Yes. So what what got you to that point? What, what where in the story of you know your background and whatnot? How did you get to Uganda and decide? Okay, I want to create adventure and I want to focus on Uganda.
1: Sure. Um. So before Uganda, actually, I was working in South Asia. Um. And this was in. 2009, 10, I was doing some work in Bangladesh and in India, with some energy access companies. And um, and so when I was looking for my next opportunity, um, I learned of an opportunity in Uganda that was basically doing the exact same work I was doing in South Asia, which is um, working with um, distributors um, to improve supply chains on clean cooking and um, clean energy access. And I had never been to Africa. And kind of thought to myself, wow, this is kind of a now or never opportunity to learn kind of the same, uh, learn the same problem, but in a completely different market. So I took that job and moved to Uganda in 2011 and um, was just extremely excited about the opportunities there. It's uh, uh, about 98% of the country uses traditional fuels for cooking. Um, and 85% lack access to electricity. And yet there's this whole environment of, you know, donor agencies and social enterprises and people who are really working on solving this problem in the country. And so um, so I ended up (laughs) working there ever since.
0: Awesome. So when you got to Uganda, was there something that you saw or experienced that really opened your eyes in terms of, Of the need for more sustainable energy?
1: Definitely. So when I compared my time in South Asia compared to um, working in Uganda, uh, I really saw this complete lack of support for local entrepreneurs who are working on the same problems. Um, I didn't really see that in South Asia. Um, A lot of the energy access companies I worked with were Indian origin or Bangladeshi origin. All the employees were <laughs> were South Asian, so it felt very much like homegrown solutions that were working on this problem. Then I go to Uganda, and it's almost all foreigners who are building out these companies and um, working out on these solutions, and locals are either just employees, but not really thought leaders. And that, I thought, was a big concern, because I believe uh, sustainable development is only sustainable if locals are driving it. Um, and so that problem um, really bothered me. And I was trying to think of ways to work more with these local entrepreneurs and local stakeholders who are working on these solutions and, and empower them. And, um, and when you really come down to it, like, why is it that they're not getting the same levels of opportunity? It really boils down to fi- lack of financing and lack of um, affordability uh, for, for accessing cheaper financing um, that internationals were able to get. So um, so that was the kind of driving problem.
0: And so now when we talk about InVenture, you know, what exactly is it?
1: Sure. So InVenture is a social enterprise that finances and trains rural cooperatives and community-based organizations to start up their own clean energy ventures. Um, so we work with, we've currently worked with over 70 um uh, cooperatives and community-based organizations um, that uh, were already working in some kind of trade in rural Uganda, but very interested in selling clean energy. And um, through our program, they uh, receive a very um, affordable debt to purchase clean energy inventory. Uh, And then we provide them with business 101 training and uh, very simple technology to manage their business. Um, and so that's that's invention in a nutshell
0: <laughs> so it's very similar to an accelerate in that uh, you provide capital and you also provide training correct
1: exactly so we are an incubator um, in the sense that these are these organizations didn't already have a startup before they approached us like an accelerator um, so they they come to us basically with nothing and we provide them the tools and the um, connections to the product manufacturers and help them literally create a business in a box.
0: Got it. So I'm, I'm very fascinated with uh, accelerators and incubators. And you know, I'm curious since you know, starting an incubator, if you will, in Uganda, you obviously yourself need to have access to capital in order to provide capital to your cohorts. Um, mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, uh, where is the capital coming from? Are you raising rounds? Are you, uh, do you have donors?
1: Yeah, so we um, are a nonprofit organization. So all of our funding comes from grants. So uh, we basically were kickstarted by Unilever, okay. who this, um, has this program um, that uh, basically provides funding for last mile uh, distribution innovation. And they saw, they understood the problem that I was describing, which was. Um, rural entrepreneurs and rural kind of enterprises don't have access to the networks and to the funding to grow their businesses. Um, and so that's how we got kickstarted. And so we created a $100,000 revolving loan fund. Um, and it's purposely small because we want, um, this, this is a high risk capital that we're providing very small loans um, to these cooperatives to see how they repay and then build on, on that credit history. We can add on more financing. So then we've gotten um, some more support from other foundations who, um, who have seen our traction.
0: What's the average amount of financing a individual in Uganda would need to start up a company?
1: Um, So we've kind of come out in rural Uganda, specifically, um, we've come to the figure out $2,000. So this is basic, um, that buys them about um, 100 products, um, like solar home systems, improved cookstoves, water filters, fuel briquettes, and um, also uh, allows them to be able to um, either rent out a storefront or... Do some marketing or hire a sales agent team network and that's enough to kind of get kickstarted and start bringing in revenue and sales so that's where we um, watch from although not everyone who goes through a program gets the full2,000 because we break that up to monitor repayment um, and then through those repayment rates um, if they're successfully repaying on time then The entire 2000 over one year period.
0: Got it. Okay. And you mentioned the phrase last mile. I was wondering if you can explain what that means.
1: Sure. So last mile means um, underserved populations that um, live very far from cities or basically living in rural villages that um, also are um, under the poverty line. So these are people that are very hard to reach, not only because transportation and logistics are very expensive, but these consumers also don't have an ability to pay. So these are basically the hardest people to uh, sell products and services to, but they also amount for um, a huge segment of the world's population, which are basically people earning less than $3 a day. Right.
0: So I was watching a video, uh, it was one of your presentations, um, and you mentioned the Envision mobile app Mm -hmm. and so I was wondering if you can explain what that is because that's very very interesting.
1: Sure yeah so that's part of the simplified business um, tools that we provide those who go through our program. So one of the problems we've identified pretty early on is it's not just you know lack of financial credit it's also the lack of financial literacy that keeps um, small business owners kind of stuck. Um, and that is like basically decision-making around like what inventory to purchase, um, what, um, consumers are buying, what products are giving them the most margin, um, what is the difference between revenue and profit? I mean, these are all things that we teach manually. Um, but, um, anyone who works in education knows that whatever you teach in the classroom doesn't always stick in real practice. So, um, so then we started looking for a digital solution that can kind of um, uh, keep up these trainings and teachings on the side after they've already attended our kind of classroom instruction, and we couldn't find one. So we ended up building it ourselves in um, Vision Mobile, which is basically very very simplified bookkeeping. I mean, think of it like Square meets QuickBooks, but stripped down for rural microentrepreneurs who aren't super comfortable with entering. Um, lots of information on a phone or computer, who um, are very picture-oriented, and uh, who are using phones now, uh, mostly in WhatsApp uh, communication, and um, are are starting to learn new apps. So that's basically um, what Envision is doing, and we're really excited to apply that, not just to InVenture as well, but to other kind of use cases as well.
0: So, what are some of the lessons that you've learned uh as in regards to social entrepreneurship uh since founding Inventure and, and where you're at right now?
1: Yeah, so uh things don't happen instantly. That was the biggest lesson. Um pretty much every idea that like would, from, from when Inventure kind of was an idea to when we got funding um from Unilever took nearly three years. And so that is um, one thing I've learned is being persistent. Um, and I was just looking at some other data from other social enterprises. And I've noticed that it takes about seven to eight years for a social enterprise to really start to scale. So it really is like a long haul game. So um, and so that's what was a huge lesson is that, you know, this kind of Silicon Valley mentality, of you know, quick startup quick money, quick proving, quick testing doesn't really work with social enterprises because it just takes so long with just, you know, not just access to funding, but also just implementation and partnerships and and also creating kind of the ecosystem around what your the problem you're trying to solve because there aren't really enough services solving the problem in general. So, uh so that's, that that would say that was the biggest lesson I learned.
0: Is Inventure your first uh, company that you started?
1: It is. I mean, I've started um, kind of smaller projects on India. I started a small business that became part of a nonprofit that I was working with, but Inventure is like the first one that I fully incorporated.
0: So you mentioned something that's extremely important, and that's patience. And, you know, a lot of people, when they do get into starting their own thing, whether that be a nonprofit or for profit, they don't realize how long it actually takes, and mm-hmm. it can be a very frustrating, uh, just stressful time in one's life. And I'm wondering, so you know, you mentioned that it took um, the time from getting the uh, Unilever grant into starting Adventure three years. In that time frame, did you ever uh, experience any type of just fatigue, stress, or frustration? And if so, you know, how did you? uh, how did you, uh, avoid that or how did you rectify the problem?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So I was working full time when I started these started or invent in venture. So, um, uh, luckily I didn't have the, you know, I had the safety net of my job and wasn't, you know, waiting for investment for a long time. Um, so, um, and I think that was actually really important because, um, when you start an organization, rather than just jumping in two feet in, um, you want to test everything you're doing. You want to get traction. You want to see if you have, you know, beneficiaries or customers, and um, and that takes time. And so, you know, hedging your bets and you know working at another job or you know earning income from something else while this is hap- while this is a part time thing, I think was was very important for me because um, I wasn't even fully sure. That InVenture was gonna work like I needed I needed to get that validation myself <laughs> before I quit a job so so and that and that takes that took time um, and even for for profit companies like one another thing that I was really surprised about was how long technology development takes like when I was uh, when I first had the kind of prototype of Envision Mobile in my head and started talking to developers. I mean that, that even that took almost two years to be to just get a working app from that, and it really was it came down to the fact that you know finding the right development team to build something for you isn't a very easy process, and you know when you're not an engineer, you don't know how to evaluate engineers so I, there was a lot of lessons that came from that so um so yeah i I think that's uh that's what I'd say about that. <laughs>
0: So in terms of finding the de- development team, was there a certain platform or resource that you used to find the technical talent to make the app uh, into reality?
1: Um, a lot of try and failure. I worked, I, I first went to, through Elance. That did not work for me. Then I um, uh, came across a development team in Uganda and, uh, and I knew them through kind of some other people and, um and that didn't really end up working out either and so uh so then i was kind of sh- stressed because i was like where am i going to get you know the talent to build this and um the only way that worked out for me was um uh uh somebody referred to me uh to an engineer in india who recently left facebook and he was willing to you know work on it for uh, for money of course which is also a hard one cuz you when you trying to raise money for, you know, tech development that you can, you you can almost never get that for free and done well. So that also takes time. So, um, so yeah, it was just a lot of like working with a bunch of people and not working out until I found the right one and conversations with other kind of um, tech founders, they, they've all kind of expressed that same frustration and (laughs) finding the right kind of talent to build out your products, which can always um, be difficult. So So I think, yeah, again, patience is very important.
0: (laughs) And you also mentioned traction. And I'm a big, big believer in before jumping in with two feet, definitely test out your idea to see if there is some type of traction there. So basically testing out, having an MVP, if you will, so a minimal viable product. I'm wondering, so... With you and Venture, how did you test the idea itself? How did you gain traction before saying, okay, this is something I want to do full-time?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, so when I um, was leaving Uganda, um, I designed a pilot with one uh, kind of cooperative that I had come to know through my work there that was very interested in receiving a loan to sell clean energy. Um, So, I crowdfunded $2,000, not a huge amount, but it was just enough to test out the loan in the theory that if they received this loan, they'd be able to start up their business, sell clean energy, and repay it. Um, so, one year later, um, they were ready to pay the loan back. Um, I did not have an venture as an organization at that point. And um, I was happy to take the loan back, but it also wasn't um, money that I necessarily needed because it wasn't my money, it was crowdfunded. So I asked them, you know, do you know of another organization that could, you know, would be interested in taking this loan forward and creating their own business? And they said, oh, I'm so glad you asked that because, yes, we do. There's another organization who is very interested in doing what we're doing. Um, and if and if you want, we can, you know, send them the loan. So I spoke with them and was really impressed. There was like this woman who was um, really excited to set her village. And so that organization paid that loan forward. Um, and then one year later, that second organization came back and said, okay, we have the loan now and we're ready to pay it back. And so there's a third organization that I'd gotten connected to that took over that loan. So the loan, one $2,000 loan got recycled three times. And from those three organizations, I was able to get um, data um, on products sold and you know, understand how they were doing, and from there, they uh, that was um, a- enough for me to uh, basically start reaching out to funders and saying, "Look, this one small loan did all the had all this impact. Imagine if I gave up fifty loans and how much impact that can make." So, yeah, so that that's basically the the traction story.
0: <laughs> right. And before InVenture, where were you working at?
1: Um, So I worked in a few places. So I was working at United Nations Foundation when I started working on adventure. Um, And then from there, I actually worked at Facebook on their sustainability team, um, which is why I live in California. And that, um, and from there, uh, while I was there is when I received the grant from Unilever and decided to go full time. So
0: when you first made that initial step of going full time, what was that feeling like?
1: uh exhilarating and scary (laughs) (laughs) because you know it's it's not like a a job that you have into perpetuity right you basically are always fundraising for it so you have like one year security at a time so (laughs) so that was a little scary but it's also just very exhilarating to like you know be able to work on your vision and you know not have much oversight other than your board like that's very exhilarating
0: Exactly. Working on something you absolutely believe in. Yeah. <laughs> so right now, what is the what is the most, what is the the most, thing that you're most proud of when it comes to InVenture?
1: So I'm really proud of the people behind InVenture. Um, so, I mean, I'm always proud, of course, of our impact data, like the fact that InVenture has led to 50,000 people accessing clean energy. But actually, what I'm most proud of is the entrepreneurs who created that impact that we've supported. Uh, the adventure team who really on this problem and really believes in, you know, local entrepreneurship. Um, our field staff who spend their days in and out, you know, visiting and monitoring and doing these visits. Um, I'm just really proud of that because um, that makes me feel like Inventure is more sustainable because it has a strong team and it's not about, it's not about the leadership, but it's about, you know, the systems that are in place and the people who are behind the entire organization. So, so that, that, that makes me very proud.
0: (laughs) Now there's one question that I love asking the people that I interview and it's this, what is one problem in the world that you believe is worth solving and why?
1: Yeah, well, I, hands down, think that's climate change. Um, (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm working on that problem directly, but indirectly, but um, I think it's the one that makes me really scared of our future generations. Um, You know, we can all work on improving our health care, we can improve on education and income generation, but if we can't grow food in 100 years, because there's too much drought and heat waves and food crop prices are increasing to the point where the world looks like Syria, which is what climate scientists are saying. I think that's extremely scary. And unfortunately, I don't think enough resources and attention are really going to solve
0: I completely agree with you. Um, It's definitely something that needs to be looked at and and taken very, very seriously, because I think we're, we're already seeing effects of it. Even though some people don't want to acknowledge it, there's definitely some things that are happening that are very, very abnormal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, what are what is some advice that you would give a person who is interested in starting their own social enterprise?
1: So, um, kind of what you were saying earlier, but I really believe in testing ideas before implementing them. Um, I think that's really key. As I think a lot of like, you know, they have this idea and then they want to register it and they want to incorporate and then they want to know then work on a pilot and i was like oh you don't need to do that (laughs) um you don't need to you know do all the um incorporation filing and paperwork and taxation if you don't even have a product (laughs) like first work on that work on you know seeing that if it even works and then and then you know one or two years later then worry about you know creating an organization Cause that creating an organization is, is a ton of work but it's just it's a distracting thing to think about when first you have to you know test your idea and ensure that it actually works.
0: That's such a good point because not only is it a distraction uh, in terms of going through the incorporation process and whatnot but it also takes a lot of time and energy and money for that matter So testing the idea before you even go down that road is such a better way of going about the process.
1: Definitely. And that's where I think crowdfunding does serve very well um, is for creating those tests because it's essentially, um, it's essentially uh, uh, mostly for, depends on the platform you use, of course, but if it's a, if it's free money, then people just believe in you and your vision and your idea and you can test it and raise relatively little to design a pilot versus, you know, trying to convince like a foundation who will be very skeptical if you don't have that data so um so i think that's uh that's also a, a huge area that more social entrepreneurs with ideas should be looking at
0: was there a particular platform for crowdfunding that you used
1: i used indiegogo at the time
0: do you imagine yourself uh, going through that process again
1: um, no, because, uh, now we have kind of traction and so it don't need to go after that unless we're like in a huge funding crunch, but, um, but I think it just helps in the very, very early stages when you're trying to, you know, explain your vision, flesh out your story, um, what you want to accomplish. And of course, you know, leverage your network of people who believe in you and follow you, um, which I think works very nicely. Um, So that's why I say for very early stage social entrepreneurs, um, I don't know if it's as great for later stage, because usually the funding amounts you need are a lot more than what crowdfunding can offer, unless you're one of those viral hits. So so I think uh, that's why I think it's really great for like that very early stage, like seed pilot innovation
0: yeah, I'm glad that you're bringing up crowdfunding because I one hundred percent believe in it. Uh, I've invested in several companies that have gone you know have raised rounds through crowdfunding. And I really do believe that it's an underutilized uh, source of capital. So since you've gone through that process, do you have advice for folks who are interested in getting involved in that um in terms of um how to tell a compelling story? maybe some some things or lessons that you've taken away from that process?
1: Yeah. so when I did it, um I think having Um, a lot of pictures of your beneficiaries that you're trying to work with. If you have a partnership lined up, Um, having kind of a team of people who are willing to, you know, promote the campaign on your behalf, not just one person. Um, And um, of course, creating a good video. It doesn't have to be like super professional, but just, you know, having yourself explain like why you're doing this and why you believe people should, you know, support you um and i think that's um uh, really important in fact I've seen I also feel like because we get a lot of volunteers for adventure and I'm always surprised by how few use crowdfunding to even raise money for their volunteer trips <laughs> and, um, and I always get that question from volunteers like where how do is there a way to get funding to support this trip and I was like well you should use crowdfunding because I believe me your friends and family will be so impressed that you're packing your bags and going to Uganda for like a year to volunteer. And a lot of people are willing to support that. Um, but I think it is a little scary, right? Cause you're literally asking everyone, you know, for money. So, right. <laughs> so I think that's why people don't like doing it. But, um, but I do think it is a very useful kind of first source of funding.
0: What are some of the activities volunteers do?
1: Yeah. So we have volunteers come and, uh, we basically, it's called a business development fellowship. And they basically work directly with our entrepreneurs in the villages and help them with their clean energy ventures. Um, So we typically take students or recent graduates who've studied business or economics um, or development, and they spend um, typically about three months on the ground in the village, um, helping them with marketing, sales, um, operations, um, really helping them with that day-to-day piece. and that's been a very attractive opportunity. We get applicants globally and in Uganda as well from recent grads. Um, so so that, that's that been a piece of our kind of business training element.
0: Amazing. So if folks are interested in, get, in volunteering uh, with InVenture, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and start that process?
1: Definitely. So on our website, InVentureEnterprises.org, we have a um, link to which basically emails directly our fellowship coordinator. His name Smith, and he uh, fields requests for for volunteering or resumes and uh, volunteers per quarter. Um, and so that's that's that process. So it's, it's pretty straightforward.
0: Is there a particular or let's say a minimum amount of volunteers that you would need um, to take with you or is there a maximum that you can hold?
1: So we take about 8 to 10 per quarter because that's how many um, enterprises we're bringing into our program per quarter. Um, And uh, so those spaces are kind of first come first serve in terms of the application cycles. Um, Although it kind of works out nicely because sometimes we get students who say, you know, I'm graduating next summer, and I would love to work with you guys next summer. So then we just kind of put them on our list so that when we're ready to advertise our next summer uh, class, then we get back in touch. So, um, so it's very, uh, it's it's very uh, structured in that way. It's like every quarter, you can expect to have volunteers and um, and we also have partnerships like one was with Om Prakash, which is this volunteering um, website that also offers training and programs for volunteers who are joining our organization, um, and that has been really beneficial as well.
0: Now, where does Adventure go from here? Is there anything in the pipeline uh, that you're willing or even excited to talk about publicly?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, so currently we only have one loan product, which is the seed loan, and that's for basically the first money that's provided to our cooperatives and community based organizations that go through our program. Um, and that we have seen a need for diversity in kind of loan products. So we're super excited to um, launch our growth loan fund. So these are basically the organizations that have surpassed one year of credit history within a venture who have submitted sales data, who are using Envision Mobile to track their business um, can access um, longer-term uh, financing that's more um, more appropriate for working capital. So, for example, if an organization desires like, a vehicle because they believe that that vehicle will help enable them to reach more customers, um, if they believe make a good business case for it, then we could provide a loan for that. So, we're planning to launch that. Um, early 2019, uh, with the support of Phillips Lighting Foundation, which we're really excited about. And then we are also interested in also providing short term financing. So some of the cooperatives that we've worked with have said that they have a strong need for, you know, very short term kind of quick inventory loans to replenish stock or um, or because a lot of this is very cyclical in terms of when their customers have money. Um, and so the business might not have money to procure stock when customers do, uh, especially farmers. So, uh, so we're excited to uh, conduct a pilot with a partner called Jammy to uh, provide very short-term loans, like under three months cycles, um, that would enable um, an organization to quickly purchase stock and repay us back. So, so we're excited to explore new appropriate financing um, loan products for small. Uh, small businesses, um, which are currently pretty scarce and expensive in Uganda.
0: So the work adventure is doing is extremely impactful, and I'm sure you you know or have had a ton of remarkable experiences doing throughout this whole entire process. Are there any stories that stick out in your mind at, you know in terms of success stories that you, know, you take a step back and you look at you know you look at the the whole process and just just you're just amazed.
1: Yeah, definitely. So one of our early pilot partners, like one of the three organizations I mentioned before InVenture Incorporated has just done phenomenally since. So they've been working on this for four years, right? So this is the thing, like I said, that take patience is important for social enterprises. Like that's true too for the entrepreneurs we're supporting. So one of them got our first loan in 2014 and, they uh, they were in northern Uganda and they set up a business um, and they've been selling clean energy products from it uh, and then when they repaid the loan they ended up franchising so now they have three locations in northern Uganda where they're selling products from and then they've received more financing and grants and new opportunities so now they're running this large scale uh, clean energy program in a refugee camp. And it's just been really cool to see them just like grow and grow and grow. Um, And the woman who's running that project, she was selected for um, a a mentorship program through Marie Blair Foundation. And it's just been really cool to see that that kind of traction uh, over over four years. So we're hoping that we'll see that with our other um, entrepreneurs in our program as well
0: amazing just even from your perspective that has to be such an amazing feeling knowing that you created something that is bringing so much value to people's lives
1: uh yeah it is that's why i am still doing adventure (laughs) (laughs)
0: last question for you anari um you mentioned uh the adventure website already but where can people learn more about you
1: about me um so i also have a personal website AnariPradhan.com, um which kind of highlights more of my overall work that i've done um i and then there i also do a lot of writing um and you know uh, and thanks for having me write last year for startups give back um so basically all my publications can be found there um as well um and so I, I do do a bit of thought leadership around these topics of energy access and financing and microentrepreneurship. Like so that's where um, people can learn more about that.
0: Perfect. Aneri, thank you so much for joining me. I had a great time chatting with you, and I'm really looking forward to all the amazing things that you're doing with InVenture.
1: Thank you as well.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Changemaker Forum podcast. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. If you did, it would be amazing if you shared it on your favorite social network, whether that's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or something else. So with that being said, stay tuned for the next episode.